Welcome to Road Dirt, the podcast of Road Dirt Motorcycle Media and RoadDirt.tv, your down-home grassroots motorcycle brand covering what we like to call the ride life. I'm Rob Brooks, your host, and thanks for tuning in. This week we feature a writing again by our West Coast correspondent, Ted Edwards. Uh, He recently got to attend a benefit motorcycle ride by invitation only, a pretty prestigious one called the Colorado 500. And uh, he got to be a part of that and uh, recounts the trip for us in a rather humorous and heartwarming way because it's it's really quite a story. We, we had to read this to you. We just thought this one would be one you would really enjoy called Sleepless in Colorado. I came out of the back room at the back of the bar, Curry Collier said, eyes wide, and all I could see was a motorcycle headlight shining at me. I freaked. I mean, who expects that when they come out of the bathroom? No one really, unless of course you're doing the Colorado 500. The Colorado 500 began in 1974 when Indy 500 race car driver Wally Dollenbeck and his friend Sherm Cooper explored Colorado's off-road paradise exploring the old mining towns hibernating in the Rocky Mountains. They had so much fun that they did what any riders do to up the party, they invited more friends. The next year they invited friends Al Unser, Bobby Unser, and Ed Kretz among others and the Colorado 500 was underway. Then and now the goal is to raise money for charity. For 44 years, the Colorado 500 has raised and donated over $2 million to students, schools, and communities, and has hosted world-class riders such as Kenny Roberts, Malcolm Smith, Parnelli Jones, Larry Rosler, Roger Penske, Chip Ganassi, Kurt Russell, and a bunch of uncers, to name just a few. And then there's me. How a nobody like me got invited involves getting cussed out by an assistant director at Laguna Seca, uh, heavily cussed out, by the way, twice on the same morning, by recognizing a gurney alligator on site and basically being a pitiful-looking vagabond on a motorcycle. That, of course, is a story for another time, though. So I arrive in Aspen, Colorado for registration Sunday morning, and like Gershom in the book of Exodus, I am a stranger in a strange land. My high-mileage 1998 Honda VFR and I arrive at the inn in Aspen, dirty, smelly, camping gear bungee to the tail, and looking like an entomology study from six different states. The VFR has been my mobile home for over four weeks of moto camping this summer, and it's starting to show. As far as I can tell, I am likely one of the few people who rode here For sure, the only person who motocamped to get here and definitely the only participant from Washington State. Almost all of the other bikes came on trailers, gleaming sanitary race trailers pulled by burly diesel trucks that unload tricked out dual sports and mounds of professional gear. Outclassed and outgunned, I am a toaster at a stove convention. I walk to the registration table and the rookie humiliation starts because to attend the Colorado 500 you have to be invited by a veteran and rookies like me are heavily scrutinized and lovingly hazed. I get sung to at registration. I'm forced to put a super sticky red R on my helmet and I'm asked, quote unquote, to carry the gear of the veterans throughout the week. If I mess up, will I be invited back? 
My sponsors are good friends Hutch and Don Collier from California and their son Curry is my roommate for the week. Now Curry and I have never met. This could get interesting. Curry is an ornamental welder, making artistic railings and things for Silicon Valley millionaires and their palaces. He is friendly with a blue-collar work ethic and gets more gregarious with application of tequila. As we introduce ourselves to start talking welding practices, he forces me to drink tequila with him, much against my will, of course. In the back of my mind, the things that could go wrong over the next week begins to fill my thoughts. I'm riding a 90,000-mile, 20-year-old sport bike desperately in need of a new chain and sprockets. I've never been to Colorado. I don't know the roads. I'm rooming with a stranger, and I'm road-weary after week five of moto camping. I could use laundry, a shower, food that doesn't come from a pouch eaten with a plastic spork, and most elusively, I need sleep. Ah, glorious sleep. Weeks of nights camped out in the woods, near the beach, on the asphalt, or stranger places, followed by high mileage days, well, have drained me. I need to recharge. Yet the night goes on and Curry forces me to drink strange blue liquids as we talk bonding about welding, motorcycles, and eventually life. I am fine staying up because tonight I have an actual bed and I can sleep in, right? Boy, was I ever mistaken. Monday morning, 6 a.m. Ted, it's 6 o'clock. Get up, Curry shouts. If Curry wasn't possibly the nice guy on the planet, I would ignore his shout. This early morning wake-up is irritating because Curry needs less sleep than I do and snores like my still farm boss chainsaw at idle. My laundry didn't get done last night. I blame the tequila and Curry. And I'm forced to wear crusty road clothes that are stiff enough to ride the bike on their own rest we'll have to wait till tomorrow our destination for the day is mount crested butte so eight of us street riders gather together and plan a circuitous 300 mile loop that tracks north before turning south to crested butte this is the only thing that makes me feel like i belong in this foreign world of high dollar bikes and world-class riders after years of touring the west one thing i can do is 300 mile days on twisty roads but Alas, the ride is disappointing. Roads clogged with summer travelers hinder our progress, and I swear if I see one more Winnebago with fluffy white dogs in the back window, I will pull my clutch and pin my throttle until my exhaust noise makes them pee on their rear sofa. It's not until we turn south and reach Monarch Pass that things improve. At the summit, Hutch waves me on past him, Don, and Curry. Ahead of me is octogenarian Phil Weida, on his BMW GS 1200. Phil is a veteran, is a veterinarian who can't seem to retire and a Colorado 500 veteran of 39 years. So when I get stuck behind him, I begin rehearsing ways to apologize to the old man for passing him. But I can't pass him. Phil is no slouch in the curves and he makes that big beamer dance like he's been doing it his entire life. Heavily impressed, I settle in, play tail gunner and watch the show. It's a fleeting moment of only a few miles and the only time that day that things really got fast. Nevertheless, I still kind of feel out of my element. I'm a jaded touring veteran, but this is Curry's first week-long tour and every day for him is an adventure of roads, people, and experiences. So at Mount Crested Butte that night, Curry decides to celebrate until late. Again. Tuesday morning, 6 a.m. 
Ted, it's six o'clock. Get up, Curry shouts. Curry's nightly celebrations involving anonymous Mexican liquid, of which he forces me to partake, of course, his ability to fall asleep instantly and begin snoring lightly wear on me like nightly Chinese water torture. I don't let it show because by now we are fast friends and I don't want to ruin things. This is good for Curry. Otherwise, I might beat him with a pillow filled with my laundry quarters. Despite this being Curry's full multi-day tour, he is a swift rider and can put his BMW GS1200 through its paces. By the way, why do they all ride Beamers? There are times I want to stop and take photos for this story, but I fear that if I pull over, Curry will be in the next county. Since I've never been to Colorado and I am a rookie, getting lost would not be a smart thing. You see, I want to get invited back after all. We ride from Mount Crested Butte to Telluride for lunch, then backpack, backtrack to camp at Auray, Colorado. Auray is a tiny, warm town hiding in a box canyon, and the 200 motorcycles and their support staff from the Colorado 500 descend like a giant herd of scudding cockroaches. Bikes and riders scurrying everywhere and cacophonous exhaust overwhelming the small town peace. At camp, Curry forces me to join him in polishing off a bottle of whatever strange Romulan ale he just set in front of me. We stroll through the street down to the Outlaw restaurant and bar. And when I walk in, I think it's strange that the wait staff podium is over in a corner. This doesn't make sense. Have I already had too much Romulan ale? Maybe. But there's no denying that there is a Honda CRF 450 deliberately pointed towards the entrance of the Outlaw. You see, the Colorado 500 gives generously both in donations and in commerce. The riders throw their tourism dollars to the locals so it allows a few liberties, which is where Ben Cheatwood comes in. Ben is an executive with American Honda and the official ringmaster for this motorcycle circus, so he has the street cred to get away with what came next. Ben throws a leg over the Honda, thumbs it to life, and rides it up over the sidewalk through the front doors as I step to the side. Ben continues on past me through the bar and doesn't stop riding until he reaches the bathrooms at the back just as Curry steps out of the men's room. I haven't seen so many cell phones whipped out in a bar since Vegas. Then and there, I am immediately convinced of three things. First, the outlaw is now my favorite place on earth. Any establishment that allows, no encourages this hooliganism gets my medal of approval. Second, everybody should be able to ride their motorcycle up to the bar and order a drink from the saddle. And third, these are my kind of people, this is my kind of place, and you know, I just might belong here. We dine at the Outlaw, I tell Laguna Seca stories that make people laugh till they cry, again more stories for another time, and Curry forces me to drink more of that Romulan ale until we crawl back to our hotel room where we hot tub past midnight in the cool Auray evening air. Canyon walls surround our hot tub as my new lifelong friend, who I've only known for three days, and I talk bikes and life because the two, well, they're inseparable, just like us. Curry thinks this is why we're here, to ride, to eat, to sleep, barely, and repeat. It's not, because I know better. Wednesday morning, 6 a.m. Ted, it's 6 o'clock. Get up, Curry bellows. As punishment for these early morning wake-ups, I've decided that my new my new best friend must die. Given our 
late night abuse of Romulan ale, hot tubs, and cigars. My thoughts are muddled and thick like heavy gear oil in the dead of winter. Yet through the haze of only a few hours sleep, I swear I remember a Caterpillar D9 somewhere in Auray that would make digging a deep grave extremely efficient. But I know there's what is coming today, and I want Curry to see it. It's why I rode thousands of miles to get here. So I spare Curry's life, at least for now. We head south that morning to Silverton on the Million Dollar Highway, which, by the way, is worth every penny. I'm convinced some highway engineer threw angel hair pasta on this part of the map and decided that, yeah, that was good road planning technique. Whoever they are, thank you. You look at the mountains and you think there is no way a road could go through there without going straight up a cliff. So the Million Dollar Highway goes out of its way to go around them all. Rocky peaks emerge from around every corner like giant pedestrians loitering on the side of the road, if those pedestrians were 14,000 feet high, which is deceptive because you're already at 10,000 feet. We hug the sides of cliffs on cold morning asphalt with no guardrails. It's listed as number three of America's most dangerous roads for good reason. When we arrive in Silverton, I insist we stay for the presentation at the school. We ride to the school and with the other Colorado 500 riders line up our bikes in front of the traditional old brick schoolhouse. Then the students come out onto the front steps with their teacher. All total, the school population barely covers those front steps. Paul Dahlenbeck, the son of Colorado 500 founder Wally Dahlenbeck and winner of the open wheel class at this year's Pikes Peak Hill Climb, makes a presentation to the teacher as a crowd of crusty old dirt and street riders look on through the afternoon drizzle. It's a check for $1,500, and the teacher begins to cry. You don't understand, she says, choking back tears. These kids can't swim. There is nowhere here for them to take swim lessons. With this money, we're going to bust them to Durango and pay for their swim lessons so that they can be safe. This is why I'm here. This is why all of us are here. This is why the Colorado 500 exists. Pure generosity. A student's life somewhere in the near or distant future just might be saved because we they had swim lessons funded by the Colorado 500. It continues to drizzle. Bikers give muffled claps through riding gloves. I start to choke up a little bit myself. Then I look at Curry over my right shoulder. He is frozen in the mist oblivious to the elements, staring at the school steps and those students. I never knew, he says softly. A long pause. I didn't erupt. He continues. I get it now. This is why we're here. Yes, my friend, this is why we are here. It's why the Colorado 500 is here. This organization changes lives. Not just the lives of the students it sponsors and the communities it donates to, but also the lives of the participants, including Curry, I can see it in his eyes. Then that Ben Cheatwood, ever the hooligan, shouts, To the bikes! And each student runs from the school steps to one of the over 100 motorcycles parked in the dirt in front of their school. Through the increasing drizzle, they don the stinky, muddy helmets of their owners and throw a leg over those muddy bikes. Everywhere, kids on bikes, wearing large dirt bike helmets like bobbleheads, pinning throttles, until they bounce off rev limiters. Bikers laugh hysterically at it, while exhaust notes and fumes fill the air. 
best day at school ever. So we leave Silverton to Durango and head north over Lizard Head Pass. And for the first time, I really hit my stride. The mountain roads here resemble my Northwest home. Smooth, remote, wide radius sweepers among fuzzy evergreens and open grassy fields. I could swear it feels like home. I don't ask, I just take the lead and cut loose. The VFR and I have been doing this for years and it knows how to play along. For miles in the remote alpine forest of Colorado, we just happen. My throttle hand plays with the landscape and my exhaust sings its sweet song to the trees as I trail break to apexes and roll on throttle through the exits, forgetting time, place, and everything else. Right now, it's all about me, my focus, and planning two corners ahead. One brief glance in the mirror shows Curry right up behind me. We arrive at Alray and I can see Curry is a changed man. He's realizing now what I have known all along. It's not about the roads. It's about the relationships. Welcome to the club, my friend. The club that realizes motorcycles are the vehicle by which we bond with our environment and with each other. And sometimes, every once in a golden while, we get the opportunity to give back. In this case, the opportunity is called the Colorado 500. At our camp at Alray that night, Ben Sheetwood gives a $1,500 check to Alray Mountain Rescue. The first responders are humbled and thankful, while the muddy group of bikers applaud, hoot, cheer, and raise a glass. Being a first responder myself, I appreciate the gesture. Curry is clapping loudly. He gets it. So we celebrate, again, with more south of the border in a bottle. This time I partake willingly with my friend. My bed in Alray that night is a welcome respite. Thursday morning, 6, 6 a.m. Ted, it's six o'clock, get up, Curry shouts. We are living a charmed existence, but every night with Curry shaves a few days off of my life. When I expire, whatever age I die at, I will say that it could have I could have lived a few more weeks, maybe even up to a year, if we're not for Curry Collier. My clouded brain plans his overdue demise. Where was that Caterpillar D9 parked, by the way? So we mount up the bikes and backtrack to Mount Crested Butte, and for the first time, we hit true Colorado rain. Big, wet, sloppy drops that sting when they hit, like getting shot with a paintball gun on full auto. My climb latitude gear is fully waterproof, so I don't carry rain gear. I just keep riding and tolerate the lack of visibility and traction. Hey, in every fairy tale, a little rain must fall. At our banquet that night, fines are levied for offenses both real and imagined. When the MC asked every road rider that did triple digit speeds to stand up and be fined, Curry and I both get up and willingly open our wallets because we know where the money's going. If we had done triple digit speeds, of course, which we most certainly did not, because that would be very irresponsible and stupid. No road rider should ever go deep into triple digit speeds on the glorious open roads of Colorado because the Colorado State Patrol deeply frowns upon such things. And they are out there, waiting for you, silently, in their gray Dodge Chargers with blacked out hoods making them impossible to see. So you should never speed in Colorado, ever. I have, a tre I have to treat you like everybody else, a trooper might theoretically say. I don't care even if you are some kind of celebrity doing a fundraiser. I have to treat everybody the same. This is what I would imagine a Colorado State Trooper saying if I ever ran across one. 
if that ever happened, which it most certainly did not, because that's how rookies like me do not get invited back to the Colorado 500. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Friday morning, 6 a.m. Ted, it's 6 o'clock. Get up. Curry bellows again. I begin to question why I have let Curry live this long. He's one of the nicest people I've ever met, but I just can't keep up. That night, after he fell asleep while I tossed and turned, I grabbed a pillow with groggy anger and plans to end him. But after realizing that Hutch and Don might miss him, and of course I would have no sound alibi, I just bludgeoned him with the pillow. He didn't even budge. I would have filled the pillow with quarters, but I used them for desperately needed laundry a few nights before. Clean a laundry or end curry. (sighs) Life is full of difficult decisions. The cool morning air, flowing carpets of evergreens, and smooth pavement over Cottonwood Pass make Friday just surreal. By now, the Fast Five of Phil, Don, Hutch, Curry, and I are developing a swift, sweet rhythm through this land, and I have crisscrossed the Continental Divide so many times I have lost track. I have a feel for our group's riding style now, the proximity of the towns, and the many ways to interconnect them. As we crest Cottonwood Pass, a familiar refrain plays in my headphones inside my helmet. It goes, on the road again. Like a band of gypsies, we go down the highway. We're the best of friends, insisting that the world keep turning our way. And our way is on the road again. I sing along with Willie Nelson in my helmet, painfully out of key, taking in the scenery, the bikes, my friends ahead of me, and the glorious moment. In a long horseshoe curve descending out of Cottonwood Pass, I celebrate and give the VFR a bit more throttle and lean angle until my toe slider touches the fresh asphalt in a long flowing arc. I finally belong. And then it's over. We have our celebration banquet back in Aspen that night, and there is both a silent and live auction to raise more funds. Curry knows where the money goes, and he bids generously, winning several items. But the real winners are those students in Silverton, the Aure Mountain Rescue, the many scholarship recipients, and others who benefit from the generosity of the Colorado 500. I will be back next year. But first, I really need some sleep. Ted Edwards. Well, I hope you enjoyed this as much as we did. Ted is such a gifted wordsmith and we thoroughly enjoy uh, his his submittals, and he really paints a great picture with words, so we're very grateful to him. If you want to check out uh, the article, you can read it for yourself. He's got a lot of pictures up that he took from the ride, and even his captions under his photos are hilarious. It's just a, uh, it's a great piece. It's called Sleepless in Colorado, and you can find it at roaddirt.tv. Well, thanks again for tuning in. I'm Rob Brooks. Hope you enjoyed this episode. We certainly did enjoy bringing it to you. Until next time, ride life.